what is chat GPT really? What, what thing is it? What tool is it? What, what does it do? What does it replace relative to what I do as an advisor that I might start doing with technology? This is 401k specialist editor-in-chief Brian Anderson, and this is the 401k specialist podcast. It seems like you hear something new or different about artificial intelligence systems like ChatGPT and how it's changing the world just about every day now. The rapid emergence of AI and ChatGPT specifically has raised a bunch of fresh questions about the role it might play in financial advice and how it will impact the work and role of financial advisors into the future. Here to talk about that today, we're very happy to have a high-profile advisor in Michael Kitsis of Nerd's Eye View fame. Michael is the chief financial planning nerd at Kitsis.com head of planning strategy at Buckingham Wealth Partners, co-founder of the XY Planning Network, and I'm pretty sure he holds a bunch of other titles in addition to uh, heading up the popular financial planning industry blog, Nerds Eye View. Just this week, uh, he posted a very interesting blog titled Why ChatGPT is No Threat to Real Advisors, which we're going to talk about today. So, Michael, thanks for joining us on the 401k Specialist Podcast. Absolutely. Thank you, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity to join you and get to get to nerd out a little on advisors plus AI today. All right. So ChatGPT, everybody's talking about it and there's sessions on it at just about every financial planning conference you go to these days. At this point, are advisors looking into it for fear of missing out or getting left behind and losing out on a potential competitive advantage? And I'm also curious, um, how much have you toyed with it at this point? So, uh, in terms of toying at this, with, toying with it personally, yeah, I've actually spent a pretty good amount of time just um, tinkering around, testing, playing, right, just trying to figure out like how how might I use this in practice? Can I visualize like how would our firm be able to apply this with uh, with clients and and the sort of ever present lingering piece on top of it that I, I I think gets to the root of why a lot of us in the advisor realm have been talking about these days is just the like. Okay, is this actually a threat to me? Like, is is this is this is this the thing that 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 might replace me? Uh, you know, we we have seen discussions of ChatGPT potentially pl- replacing jobs in a lot of industries, and so even to your original question of you know, like why are advisors showing up to some ChatGPT sessions? You know, I I at least sort of like informally, anecdotally, from what I've seen so far, I would say. In practice, so far, it's only been about a quarter of us that are coming to figure out how to use it. And the other three quarters of us that are just some combination of like, I'm just trying to size up what's going on here at all, like just at a high level, or just, you know, the just trying to do the baseline, like potential threat or potential ally, right? Like, just is, is this this thing I might use in my business or is this the thing I'm going to have to defend my business from? And I, I think most of us just, so far, we're still in that stage. We'll get to some other ones as the dust settles a little bit more. But ChatGPT just went so viral so fast in in you know media overall that I think a lot of this stage is just trying to size up like what's going on here, uh, which which was part of even the, the genesis for why we decided to kind of sound off on it as a platform. Right. Okay. Um, you said in your blog post that in the long run, ChatGPT is no real threat to financial advisors because AI systems would have to somehow overcome significant trust hurdles uh, before it would be in any position to replace human advisors. What are some examples of those those hurdles? Well, I, so so I, I feel like I have to frame this in sort of two contexts. So the first, uh, so even now, like we, you know, the, this titling that we gave to the article while 
why ChatGPT is no threat to real advisors. It was it was a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek internal joke for us because I wrote this article 11 years ago. Uh, it was it was why robo-advisors are no threats to real advisors. And it was the same conversation, right? Technology took this big leap forward. Uh, algorithms and AI and automation was going to take away all of our jobs as financial advisors because Betterman and Wealthfront and the rest were supposed to take us all down. And so I'd written this article back then, literally titled Why, why Robo-Advisors Are No Threat to Real Advisors. And it was all about this recognition that, look, there's a fundamental consumer challenge when you talk about uh, having technology, whether it was robo-advisors then or, or chat GPT and AI today, replace us, which is the consumer still has to pick who to trust and rely on to do this. And they and they have trouble with that. That's why they have trouble picking an advisor because it's hard to tell us apart. And it's hard to do that in the context of a robo-advisor as well, right? The, the reality even then is picking whether to use Betterment or Wealthfront or just buy a mutual fund myself or to hire an advisor for their managed portfolio basically means I have to pre- examine four different providers who professionally manage portfolios and figure out which one to pick. And if I'm really good at analyzing a whole bunch of individual professional managers and choosing which one to pick, I'm a self-directed investor at that point. Like I, I'm not even delegating anything. All the work's back on me to pick who I'm going to work with, which defeats the whole point of hiring an advisor that I can trust to delegate those decisions to. And and so the what we had written even then is, look, you know who's going to end out using robo-advisors. It's not actually people who hire financial advisors in the first place. It's self-directed investors who like doing all the analysis to pick the best manager who are going to do it. And so what we'd written even then is this th- this platform, these platforms are really a major threat to do-it-yourselfer platforms like Vanguard and Schwab. Those were the ones that we had named at the time. And sure enough, three years later, the first two people to launch competing robo-advisors were Schwab and Vanguard because they saw the do-it-yourselfer threat. And now they have immense robo-platforms in their do-it-yourselfer channels. And in the meantime, as advisors, we're chugging right along while Betterment struggles to get to an IPO and Wellfront is basically pivoted out and every single other robo-advisor is is basically gone at this point. Uh, but it, it all came down to the fact that it's, it's as a consumer, it's really hard to actually figure out who to trust and who to use. And and the fact that the AI might do it, may do some like back office execution functions faster and cheaper and better, does not actually overcome the primary consumer hurdle, which is I don't know which one to trust and use in the first place. And when I apply that in the context of now today's environment, ChatGPT and AI, it has not gotten any easier. If anything, it's it it seems to be getting harder in many ways. So, like the thought experiment I give to some people around this, like imagine for a moment, you know, you you gotta you gotta get across town for a meeting. So you pull out your smartphone, you hit a button, and a car comes up to pick you up. Now, this is a pretty cool service, and practice a lot of us use this, like it's Uber, it's Lyft, it's et cetera. And, and we love this service, right? Like that that service went viral, uh, incredibly damaging to the whole preceding taxi industry because of how much easier it was to hit a button and get a car to, and, and get like a driver to show up and pick you up. Now imagine for a moment you're walking up to the car to get in and you look in the car as you open the, the car door and you know you like check in with the driver to make sure it's the driver that was in the picture in your app. It's no driver. It's a driverless car. Do you still get in the car to have it take you across town? And now suddenly, a lot of people hesitate. Now, a few of us don't. A few of us are like, 
hardcore early adopters. We love the cutting edge. We're like, this is so cool. I'm going to get in the car, have it self-drive me and take selfies of me with a, like a driverless car as we go across town. It's like power to you if you're in that early adopter category. The average American does not get in that car. And there's actually like, you know, some folks like Pew Research have done really interesting data uh, on this, right? They're the great polling folks that understand overall consumer sentiment and trends. And it turns out the overwhelming majority of Americans don't get in the car. Uh, we're not we're not there yet. Like uh, the irony is it was better with the person. And if you told me like, hey, um, you know, the, your, your, your Uber drive will cost half the price with the, with the driverless car because, you know, we don't have to pay the driver anymore. Like, yeah, I'm afraid it's a moving death trap. Saving me like $7 on the crosstown drive, not solving my issue. Like if I have trust about my fundamental safety in this situation, you're not wooing me on incremental price savings because technology made it a little cheaper, faster, better, easier. I don't fundamentally trust the system yet. And I think we're seeing the same thing writ large about a lot of domains of of AI at this point. Frankly, we couldn't get there on robo-advisors and all of their algorithms. Now we're doing another version of it. And ChatGPT, I think, has been particularly powerful and enamoring for us because it it talks like a person, right? Like it, we feel like we can have a conversation with it just because of that whole like the, the language element that it has. So it it shows up very differently. I think that's part of why we became so enamored with it, uh, just like as the general public. But then almost everybody that's toyed around with ChatGPT at any material level has noticed like sometimes it gets things wrong and it, it has no ability to tell you, I'm telling you this, but I'm not actually sure. It says everything in 100% equal confidence, regardless of whether it is completely right, utterly wrong, taking a wild guess, which means as the user, like I have to screen for that. I have to figure it out. I have to like double check it. I have to spot check ChatGPT's answer. So as a professional, I might still do this because there are some helpful use cases where it still gets me going. We may come back to those in a moment. But from the consumer ends, like in the fundamental problem, anytime you're hiring an expert, the part that gets really, really scary, I wouldn't know if ChatGPT's answer was wrong, right? As the average consumer, I wouldn't know. It's like, I could, I'm getting into the driverless car and I don't know if it's the leading driverless tech or if it's some random startup made by a dude in his basement who has no freaking idea what he's doing. And I am actually getting into, into a death trap. Uh, and then it gets worse because we, we, uh, you know, we like just as human beings, we don't like to surrender our control, particularly in dangerous situations. So like, I mean, if you just even look at the language, like you can die in a car accident when you're driving but you get killed by a driverless car. Like it happens to you because you're just a powerless passenger that has no autonomy in this situation. So when the stakes get really high, we get especially anxious about trusting and relying on others. On the one hand, that's why it's really hard as an advisor to get clients because we, we have to do a lot to get over that trust barrier. But it's, 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 it's even harder for AI. I mean, the irony right now is there's almost an AI penalty. AI can't even just be as good as a human. It has to be massively better for us to overcome the trust hurdle because we have no way to vet and understand the situation because it, nobody knows how to look under the hood and figure out whether it's got a good AI algorithm or not. You're just going to have to trust that the thing is right. And when my life's on the line or my financial life's on the line, that gets really, really hard. And and as as cool as like exponential increases in technology are, I've, I've read and followed the stuff as well. Like 
I don't see us on the cusp of some magical moment where the where the AI is going to cross that. I mean, you know, candidly, like computers have come up approximately 10 million times computing power over the past 50 years. And if the last 10 million X in computing power not only didn't make a dent in us as financial advisors, it just gave us tools to become more productive. I don't really see some scenario where suddenly in the next five to 10 years, everybody on the planet's like, yep, I'm just done with other human beings. Technology's my ruler. Right. Hey, let's uh, let's talk a little bit more about that. Um, you went on to say in your blog, instead of instead of replacing financial advisors, AI will help advisors increase uh, their productivity by streamlining efficient streamlining efficiencies. Um, can you expand a little bit on what, how you see that happening? What are some of the ways advisors can uh, use Chat GPT to help create efficiencies? Yeah, I mean, I I love uh, look like I mean, as much as I'm kind of making the comments that I do, like. I love technology. I mean, we we publish an advisor technology map. We do a lot of commentary on technology. Like, I love technology. I just look at it as okay, this isn't my competitor. This is a tool for me. As as to me, as we're robo advisors, so standalone robo advisors competing against me as an advisor, basically non-existent. Cool new onboarding tools and technology and e-sign and opening accounts on a computer and a phone and all these things that we can often do now that we couldn't do 10 years ago, that all came from basically robo tools because robos did it. And then everybody in the industry was like, well, I, well, I mean, I'm not going to get replaced by a robo advisor, but I would like to open my clients accounts that easily as well. And so the industry did a big technology reinvestment cycle. And now we got prettier toys to play with. So I, I think of it very much in the same context around around chat GPT and AI, which kind of brings you in this direction of just trying to figure out like what what is like what is chat gpt really like like what what thing is it what tool is it what what does it do what does it replace relative to what i do as an advisor that i might start doing with technology and in in the purest sense i i i like looking at chat gpt as something that helps to generate words on a blank page uh you one of the hardest things for just most people is getting something started when you need to write something. So if you're a writer, you've experienced this, like it's the proverbial writer's block. But it's not even writer's block if you know, like you're a professional writer. I mean, it's like every time I got to sit down with a client uh, or like or to, to send an email to a client, I deal with a little version of this, particularly if it's not just a, you know, wrote perfunctory, like, hey, Bob, are we on for the meeting next Tuesday? It's Bob just wrote me a, a you know, Bob just sent me something like I'm kind of freaking out about the the, the markets and what's going on the, these days. Uh, I'm not sure if I should buy a house. What, what, like, what do you think? What should I do? I'm like, right. so I basically just got to write an email from scratch of like, all right, I, I got to explain how housing make prices work and how interest rates work. And then I got to plug in some of your personal information. And just like, that's not going to be a short email if I want to kind of give a thorough explanation to Bob of like, no, no, it really is okay to go ahead and buy that house you wanted to buy in this environment. If I'm seeing her looking at a blank blank page on my uh, computer, I'm like, I got to craft this email. And just when I, you know, when I talk to a lot of advisors, like that might be a half an hour, an hour or more to like write a good email to tackle this issue. Some of us so don't like writing. We're like, forget, I'm just going to pick up the phone and call Bob. So I don't have to do this by email Be- because we get so blocked around. It's hard to write this email. So then I say like, okay, well, what happens if, um, what happens if I ask chat GPT to say, give me an email template to a client who's thinking about buying a house, but is nervous. Now chat GPT is not going to give me the whole email. 
because it doesn't know my client. It doesn't know the circumstances. It doesn't know that Bob's particularly concerned about the, the risk that the prices go down because of the interest rate increase. But ChatGPT might give me a framework for it. Or better yet, if I know how I might say it to Bob already, but I don't necessarily want to get him into a phone call because I know the reality is that if I get a phone, Bob on the phone, this is going to be like a one-hour phone call because Bob's a talker. I might say, okay, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to record my own talking points, like in whatever jumble it is. I'm going to throw out a couple of ideas of like, all right, if I, and you can just literally envision like turning on a recording and saying to yourself like, okay, talking points I would make to Bob. Um, I understand your concern. Uh, I realize you're worried about rising rates, make it hard to afford the house. Um, uh, prices dropping, make it tempting to wait, but I don't think you need to like you and Alice have been talking about buying a house and starring family for years. You've been doing good work. You saved for your down payment. Even with higher rates, you can afford this. You're going to be in the house for a long time. Like I just kind of make wake up my talking points recorded. I can then grab that, tra- grab a transcript of that. Lots of voice to text services, go to chat GPT, drop the text in that maybe I spent three minutes vocalizing and tell ChatGPT, like, rewrite the following text as a formal email to my client. And now suddenly it takes my, like, vocal word jumble of just trying to get some points out there and makes a nicely formatted email with paragraphs and grammar and proper sentence structure. And so I just took, like, three to five minutes of my word salad talking points of things that I would say to Bob if I had him on the phone, hand it over to ChatGPT, and now I've got an email. And so it says spending 30 minutes or an hour writing this out, or 30 minutes to an hour stuck in a phone call with Bob, I spent five minutes with a voice recorder and then like two minutes editing the email that ChatGPT made just to make it a little bit more in my voice and style. So I, I think of scenarios like that that create make it a little bit more easier. You know, ChatGPT, give me a simple explanation of a grat for a client who doesn't know much about financial stuff. Right. And it'll give me something. Now I gotta know enough about grats to read what ChatGPT writes and make sure it doesn't get part of it wrong. So like my expertise is not out of the picture here. But if it's just literally like I have to make a, a one-page explanation to my client of how a grat works, option A, sit down and peck this out. Option B, Google it and just send a client an article, which many of us do. C, send the client a personal email from me that's explaining it, but only writes 10% of the of the email because I asked ChatGPT to generate the first the, the first 90%. Now it's still from me. I made the last 10%, I made it personalized. But you know, the the I know Brian, you live this in the in the publishing world. Like as the saying goes, it's easier to edit than it is to create. And so a lot of us are inherently in a creator position. Like every time I, I mean, never mind being a writer, every time I got to write an email to a client, it's like every time I got to, uh, well, if I actually do like make content for marketing my business, every time I got to write a social media headline or a tweet or something, like there's a, all of those are creator moments. And so to me, like the really powerful application of ChatGPT, I think in the advisor context is when we let ChatGPT be the creator. And we become the editor of this. And so we still get to put our ideas, our voice, our tone, our style into it. But because it's so much easier to edit than it is to create, this ends up producing a huge amount of time savings. It just inherently like vaults us over every moment of writers or creators block we ever we ever have. And again, even, even if we're not writers in the advisor context, there's so many times that we have to generate messages to clients in email text message, social media, all the different domains that 
I think we're going to find a lot of shortcuts for Jet for ChatGPT and domains like that, and there will be others as well. But just to me, that's a it's a very tangible, practical kind of use case that I think we'll probably see some tech start to make sooner rather than later. Okay, well, uh, we're running a little short on time here, but uh, any uh, any closing thought closing uh, thoughts that we haven't covered yet? I I think the only other piece I would I would really give. Um, uh, uh, at a high level is, uh, just to understand, like we always talk about technology when it takes these big, big leaps forward is like potential threat to advisors, or at least some startups like to throw shots at us as though they're, they're going to replace us. Well, I know any advisor knows in practice, cause we've all lived it. Like the truth is, you know, our costs are not just driven by the time and energy that it takes to service clients. It's driven by how hard it is just to get clients. Like it, it takes a lot to get clients and rolling out like the AI technology red carpets, like financial services is not an, if you build it, they will come kind of thing. If you just make the chap, if you just make the AI cool enough, like a bajillion dollars will suddenly flock to your platform. Like it didn't work for robo advisors. It won't work for AI as well. Just cause you know, these are such high stakes decisions. Like I'm not getting in the car until I understand exactly who made the driverless car technology and how vetted it is, which frankly I can't evaluate while I'm just standing on my curb trying to figure out if I'm going to get in the car. So I just don't. The same thing crops up in the context of AI. I think we're a long way from the point that consumers are ready to like readily do this because, and that's why it's so hard to get clients, but the internal applications to make us more efficient, like that's how basically every technology boom plays out. Like, look, desktop computers were supposed to replace us. Why do you need a financial advisor when you can have a spreadsheet? And then the internet was supposed to replace us. Like, why would you hire an advisor? You can buy stocks online. So easy a baby can do it, right? That was the E-Trade commercial. And like, why would you work with an advisor when you can have a robo-advisor? And now I'm like, I'm just watching the same things play out again. And every time it plays out the same way, the technology that's supposed to defeat us ends up being the technology that becomes the foundation for the next stage of our business, right? Like today, I can't imagine running my business without computers in the internet and a whole bunch of business process automation. All the things that were supposed to destroy me just made me more valuable to my clients and let me spend more time doing better things for them. And so I I very much view ChatGPT in the same realms. Like I'm I'm excited to see the technology come in, but like it, it doesn't replace me. It, 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 it comes into my back office. Excellent. All right, uh, Michael, this has been uh, very educational. I really appreciate you spending uh, spending the time to share your perspective with us today. Thanks for joining us on the 401k specialist podcast. My pleasure. Thank you, Brian. 